Good morning. It's good to see you here and welcome you. I have a couple of announcements before we begin our worship. Uh, this year, the South Carolina Annual Conference Mission Drive is to collect a million books for preschool and elementary schools across our state. These will be collected by churches and we'll carry them to the annual conference in June. And so I want you to be thinking about that right now and hope you participate. Under my math, we each, if there's a, roughly a thousand churches in the South Carolina conference, that means each church is, if you divide it out equally, and I know it won't be, but it would be about a thousand books. So um, bring us some books. We'll have a place for you to put them um, and different areas for, you, for us to collect them. But that's the emphasis, and I think it's a great one. Our bishop dreams God-sized dreams, and collecting a million books is a God-sized dream. Let's see if we can't make it happen. We'll have more about that, and it'll be stuff in your bulletin about it. I also want to remind you that if you haven't read yet or online or picked up one of the newsletters, which are in the usual places, I would suggest that you do that. They are full of stuff including um, a, a first-hand account uh, of, by Bobby McQuaid on her last visit to Holy Land uh, at the uh, Welling Wall, Western Wall, at the foundation uh, of the old temple where in the Jewish people, if they were worshiping at Sabbath, it's a really interesting article. I hope you take time to read that. Uh, speaking of Bobby, she's going to be teaching a class. The Foundation Sunday School class has invited all people to come in the Family Life Center after they've uh, checked in with their uh, attendance and prayer list to come and be by 10.05 in there and join them in a Lenten Bible study. They'll be going through, uh, through a Holy, to, up to Holy Week. And uh, if you want to know more about this, I'm sure you can contact somebody in the Foundation Sunday School class or Bobby McQuaid. Bob and Bobby McQuaid are joining our church officially next Sunday, as are Reed and Lisa Kennedy, who are singing in our choir. We're glad to have them coming, and we welcome them. we're going to welcome them officially next Sunday. Confirmation is today at 4.30. We'll begin in the social hall. Remember that this week, Ash Wednesday service, and uh, the supper is, post, is put off to the following Wednesday. And finally, there is in the back some of the veterans' books that were put together by this church a few years ago of all the veterans at that time. And we, while they were cleaning out some rooms up in the old education building, they found a whole bunch more they didn't know we had. And so they're available. If you never got one, now's your chance to pick one up. They're free. Or if you know somebody in your family who might like one, uh, just pick them up. And if we run out back there, we have more either in the office uh, there's some was over in the Family Life Center. I'm sure we can, we'll, we'll hand them out as long as we have them. Let us begin our worship.
The Lord be with you. Let us pray together. God of glory and mercy, before his death, your son went to the mountaintop, and you revealed his life in glory, proclaiming him your son. Help us face evil with courage, knowing that all things, even death, are subject to your transforming power. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Let us affirm our faith. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he rose from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen.
may be seated. Let those with young minds come forward at this time. scared of me Noah come sit over here I'm a nice guy I promise I'm gonna talk about one of my favorite things this morning surprises you guys like surprises yeah know you like surprises maybe a little every once in a while well what what is a surprise what do you think of when you think of a surprise a hug that's a great surprise yeah Maybe sometimes you'll run into somebody that you haven't seen in a long time, an old friend. When I was a little kid, my uncle used to come. He used to come maybe once every other week or so, and he would come by and see us. And lots of times he'd bring me a little knick-knack or something that he found, and I always loved those surprises, not because of what they were, but just because it was the thought, it was the surprise. And I want to talk to you for just a minute about how God can surprise us, okay? And sometimes it may be something like on our way to, to school in the morning, we may see a beautiful rainbow or we may be out for a walk in the evening and a real pretty sunset. But one of my favorite parts of the Bible is all the surprises that are in there. And lots of times those surprises are when God will speak to somebody in the Bible, like Mary, when the angels came and told her she was going to give birth to Jesus. you think she was a little surprised? Probably, yeah, just a little bit. What about, uh, what about Noah building an ark? catching all those animals. Think he's a little surprised? Oh, talking about a different Noah, but Noah nonetheless. Uh, well, this morning, Reverend Curtis is going to tell you another story about when Jesus went on top of a mountain with a few of his disciples, and God spoke to them too. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make you wait to hear what he said. And then I want you to think of what Jesus did and what the disciples did. And Maybe we'll be surprised. It may be a lot smaller surprise, but maybe God will call on us to do something. Maybe it's something with the children's program or an activity that you guys have or um, who, who knows what it may be. It may be just to give somebody a hug, but when we're called and when we're surprised, we should do as others in the Bible have, have done, and, and we should embrace it. Sometimes it might be a little scary, and sometimes surprises aren't always good. In fact, when it snowed a few weeks ago, I got out to go to work that morning, and I got in my truck, and my battery was dead, and I was pretty surprised by that, too. So surprises may not always be good things, but remember what, we, what we've learned, that God's going to take care of us, and he's going to make sure that uh, he sees us through. So if he has a plan, even if it's a big surprise, and it's something we might be a little scared of, even if we're a little older, and maybe we're not sitting up here, but God's called a surprise on us. We've got to remember that he's, if he brought it to us, he's going to take care of us, and we should see it through. So we'll say a quick prayer, and then we'll head back, okay? Dear God, we thank you for the many surprises that you've given us, both big and both small. We thank you for just the surprises of beautiful sunsets and the opportunity to have spring coming and see the flowers pop and just all the, the many surprises that you've given us, Lord. But keep us mindful of even when those surprises don't go our way, that you're there to see us through. We pray all these things in your name. Amen.
Let us bow our heads in prayer. O Lord, in your mercy, hear the prayers of these thy people. O God, you are an awesome God. You have revealed yourself to us as one who loves justice, who loves your creation, and has adopted us as your children. And we come this day to worship at your table. We thank you for calling us, and we come with our prayers, our thanksgiving, and our petitions. But from the very first days with Moses and Abraham and Elijah and all those early believers, you gave ways to live. You revealed your will to the people. You gave them the law. You gave them grace. And you've inspired them. And we must confess this day, O oh Lord, that we've often not followed the way of the law or the follow the way of grace. And in spite of all the evidence that, that you have our backs, we still try to draw away and follow our own interpretations. Although your call to us is very clear, we try to avoid the hard task of discipleship. For our selfishness and our neglect, O oh Lord, we pray that you would forgive us this day, that you'd send your Holy Spirit on us, and that we would be able to speak the word of your truth, that we have wisdom and power to, to move outside this place into the world in which we live and share in the good news of Jesus. And as we rejoice in being together community this day in your presence, we are called to mind those who are maybe suffering in body, mind, or spirit. And so we pray, O oh Lord, that you'd visit all those and wipe away their pain, encourage them in their spirits, help them clear their minds of the troubles. And Lord, may they, your good and perfect will be worked in all the lives of those that we've listed on our prayer list and those that we name in our hearts now. We lift each one up to you, O oh God, and we pray that your good and perfect will be done and we would be able to accept it. For we pray in the name of Jesus Christ who taught us to pray, saying these words, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Let us continue our worship with our giving. Let our ushers come forward to receive our tithes and our offerings. Thank 
Today is Transfiguration Sunday. What does that mean? When Jesus was on his last journey from Galilee to Jerusalem, the very last time, to meet his fate at the cross, midway he went up to the mountain to pray. And that's what we have in our passage today is a description of that event. Reading out of the Gospel of Matthew 17, verse 1. After six days, Jesus took with him Peter, James, and John, the brother of James, and led them up a high mountain by themselves. And there Jesus was transfigured before them. His face shone like the sun, and his clothes became as white as the light. And then appeared before them Moses and Elijah, talking with Jesus. 
Now, you know, it's really important to know that Moses and Elijah were long dead. So this is an appearance of them from heaven with Jesus. And Peter said to Jesus, and I always thought this was a little bit odd, but he probably didn't know what to say. But he said, Lord, it's good for us to be here. And if you wish, I'll put up three shelters, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. It's like building a shrine. You've had something important happen, and you build a shrine, and that was what he's saying. But while he was speaking, a bright cloud enveloped him, and a voice from the cloud said, This is my son, whom I love. With him I am well pleased. Now, y'all have all heard that before. You heard that when Jesus was baptized. But God adds a sentence here. He says, listen to him. Confirming that Jesus is the one we are to listen to. So when the disciples heard this, they fell face down to the ground terrified. Now, we just recently saw these disciples terrified when the storm blew up and Jesus calmed things, then they got terrified. They seemed to get terrified, in my opinion, in the wrong order of things. <laughs> they should have been terrified when they saw Elijah and Moses. But Jesus came and touched them and he said something that is throughout the entire scripture, over and over and over, this is repeated. But don't be afraid. Be not afraid. And so when they looked up at that point, they didn't see anyone now but Jesus. And of course, he was now back looking like normal. So as they were coming down the mountain, Jesus instructed them, don't tell anyone what you've seen until the Son of Man has been raised from the dead. A clear, concise statement of what was getting ready to happen to Jesus. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Oh Lord, help us as we begin uh, Ash Wednesday in our Lenten season and we journey with you to Holy Week. Help us to see how many ways that God the Father confirmed Jesus as the Son of God and how many ways that we have been privileged to share in that witness and to be part of this wonderful, wonderful love of God. <coughs> Amen. Now I want you today, just for a few moments before we break bread together, to just consider for a moment that the church is more than just a building and looks nice. That the church is more than when you gather in the Family Life Center. The church is more than when you gather in somebody's home for Bible study or out in the field or at the lake. Just consider for a moment that the church, the gathered people of God, are a dwelling place of wonder. Consider for a moment that there is no other place in the world that claims to have received the very presence of God in Jesus Christ. Consider for a moment that there's no other place in the world except a church that has successfully and faithfully handed down through the generations this faith. You are here because of faithful generations. Consider for a moment that those who gather as the church expect to hear the Word of God written, read, and proclaimed and receive grace and experience it. Consider for a moment that there's no ritual in this world besides this one here that claims the very real present 
presence of God as does the sacrament of Holy Communion. So when we say that the church is the dwelling place of wonder, we are saying something very essential. And that is that this is not a dead faith of forefathers. It is a living faith, a faith that enlivens us and we can enliven the world. It's a faith that is known by our fellowship and then by our going out and encouraging others and service to the world. Consider, if you will, that the church is not only all those things, but is also the place that body of Christ dwells today. Listen to this scripture. When God raised Jesus from the dead, he put all things under him. In other words, now the lordship of all things is Jesus' responsibility. And he made him head of all the things for the church. So the head of the church is, is not Joseph or the bishop, but it is God, Jesus Christ. And then it says something else which I think sometimes escapes us. It says, for the church is the body. The church is his body, the fullness of him. Jesus' body is you. The gathered church throughout the world is Jesus' body on earth. His, his body as we know it is still in heaven, but his body on earth through the Holy Spirit is you. You're the ways and the means, the ears, the hands, the eyes, the feet of the body of Christ now. And if you are the body of Christ, as the scripture says, you're enlivened by the Spirit of God. It's the Spirit of God that causes you to breathe. It's the Spirit of God that enlivens you to have the same things, the same attributes as the Lord that means you have resurrection power, you have divine power, you have ascension power, you have dominion power. And your body is enlivened by this spirit enabling you to be Christ's body on earth, enabling you to do those things. Think about that for a few moments. One of the reasons we believe that communion is so important and one of the reasons that we have it here every four to six weeks, either here or in the Family Life Center, is because we believe that it renews us, it strengthens us, it deepens our incorporation into the body. It identifies us with the heart of Christ. It sustains us on our journey in life. It nourishes the church as a body. It makes us long for eternal life. And it unites us with the church triumphant. Listen, you who have lost loved ones, you're never more closer to your Savior. You're never more closer to those loved ones than when you participate in the communion, in this communion here, the communion of the saints. This is a dwelling place of life. I think in our time we need to recapture the wonder, the awe, the majesty of what church is. In our secular thinking, in secular eyes, we walk into a place, say like the Family Life Center, and we see a gym. But what we ought to see is when the people of God have gathered there, it is a place of wonder. When you walk in here and the lights are off and there's nobody in here, it seems like a dead place. But when it's enlivened with the Spirit of God and the people who make up the church, it becomes alive. And our ancestors, I believe, understood this maybe a little bit better than we do. They understood in a profound way 
that they were not just to know the story, they were to live the story. They knew that Jesus was once a baby in his mother's arms, but not now. They knew that Jesus blessed those whom his hands touched, but now he's no longer limited by time or space. You are his hands that touch and bless. They knew that Jesus may have died in shame, but not now, for he ascended into glory. The church is the dwelling place of wonder. It's the dwelling place of the wonder of Christ. And if you don't stir with excitement when you think about that, then you need to renew your excitement. That article that I referenced to you that's in the newsletter about that Bobby McQuaid wrote of her firsthand experience going to the Wailing Wall at Sabbath in Jerusalem and the people running, families excited and running to be there in time for Sabbath to pray at the wall. This is the kind of excitement we should all have. This is a place of wonder. Where else would you hear about Christ transforming and allowing us to see his glory to come and to see clearly and hear a proof of two people who come back from life, from death rather into life, to be there to strengthen Jesus, Elijah and Moses for his soon destiny with the cross where he would defeat sin and death on the behalf of all of us. You know, John Wesley, our founder, he said to live under the Lordship of Christ was as if we sit, we were sitting in heavenly places with Jesus now. And one of the ways I think we ought to think about it is that while we're sitting in these pews, we know the Holy Spirit is present with us. Just imagine Jesus is sitting there with you. And just like the hymn says, only the light, the brilliance of the light, keeps us from seeing him present with us. So my friends, as we celebrate and partake of this Holy Communion, as we, have, as we come in weeks on in to hear the Word of God and to sing and praise our praises, let us remember that we sit in heavenly places and that the God who started all this and put it under the Lord's feet, this God has not forgotten us. He hasn't forgotten his promise to Jesus that everything is under Jesus, that Jesus will be the ultimate judge of all things. Let us not forget what it means to be the body of Christ. The body of Christ we must see through Christ's eyes. We must speak with the voice of Christ. We must heal with the hands of Christ. We must raise awareness, I believe, of the supernatural, the transformational, the, uh, 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 that the church is uh, to the world, to a secular world. Let us enter into worship. Let us enter into this most holy communion with hearts of anticipation as we sense the wonder of it all. For my friends, the Lord Jesus came to give joy to those who are sad, to give joy to those who mourn, to give joy to those who are not happy, to make the old world young again, to recreate creation that's broken into a new creation, and to work that ancient miracle of redemption and healing. Let us ponder these things this week as we think about this place of wonder, as we dwell in this place of wonder.
Amen. As I prepare the table, let me remind you that in our church, that communion is open to all. You do not have to be a member, and it's not limited by age. Also, I want to remind you that when you, you follow the direction of the ushers, and on each side of the chancel rail, there is some gluten-free wafers for those who need that. If you will follow along with me, into the insert that you should find in your bulletin. Christ our Lord invites to his table all who love him, who earnestly repent of their sin and seek to live in peace with one another. Therefore, let us confess our sin before God and each other. Merciful God, we confess we have not loved you with our whole heart, we have failed to be an obedient church. We have not done your will. We have broken your law. We have rebelled against your love. We have not loved our neighbors, and we have not heard the cry of the needy. Forgive us, we pray. Free us for joyful obedience. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Let us all pray prayers of intercession and confession silently. Hear the good news. Christ died for us while we were yet sinners. That proves God's love toward us. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. Glory to God. Amen. The Lord be with you. And also with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give our thanks and praise. It is right and a good and joyful thing always and everywhere to give thanks to you, Father Almighty, Creator of heaven and earth. And so with your birth and all the company of heaven, we praise your name and we join their unending hymn.
are you, and blessed is your Son, Jesus Christ, by the baptism of his suffering, death, and resurrection. You gave birth to your church, delivered us from slavery to sin and death, and made with us a new covenant by water and the Spirit. On the night in which he gave himself up for us, he took the bread. He gave thanks to you. He broke the bread and gave it to his disciples. And he said, take, eat. This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And when the supper was over, he took the cup. He gave thanks to you, gave it to his disciples. And he said, drink from this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And so in remembrance of these, your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice in union with Christ's offering for us as we proclaim the mystery of faith. Christ is risen, Christ will come again. Pour out your Holy Spirit on us gathered here and on these gifts of bread and wine. Make them be for us the body and blood of Christ, that we may be for the world the, whole, the body of Christ, redeemed by his blood. By your Spirit, make us one with Christ, one with each other, and one in ministry to all the world until Christ comes in final victory and we feast at his heavenly banquet. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit in your holy church, all honor and glory is yours, Almighty Father, now and forever. This is the body of Christ, the bread of heaven. This is the cup of Christ's blood, the cup of forgiveness. If you will follow the ushers and my communion steward, if you'd come forward at this time.
Oh God, we give you thanks for this mystery in which you give yourself to us. We pray that you would allow us to go out into the world and give you and ourselves to others. We pray in your name. Amen. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship and communion of the Holy Spirit, may they be yours this day and each day. Amen.